Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I am your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 289, and we're going to take a look at what is called the Equal Credit Opportunity Act. And this is the Equal Credit Opportunity Act of 1974. It is abbreviated as ECOA. It is a legislative law, so this was passed federally. So if someone violates this law, it is a federal offense. It was signed into law by President Gerald Ford on October 28, 1974, and this is a good one. I very much agree with this one. So it says the Equal Credit Opportunity Act is a United States uh, state law which is obviously federal. Uh, it was enacted October 28, 1974, and what it does is it makes it unlawful for any creditor to discriminate against any applicant with respect to any aspect of a credit transaction on the basis of race, color, religion, national origin, sex, marital status or age. Um it says the applicant's use of a public assistance program to receive all or part of their income or the applicant's previous good faith exercise of any right under the Consumer Credit Protection Act. The law applies to any person who in the ordinary course of business regularly participates in a credit decision including banks, retailers, bank card companies, finance companies and credit unions. So what this means is that prior to this being enacted, and this becoming federal law there were issues with banks retailers bank card companies finance companies and credit unions also credit unions it's not just big banks it's also credit unions they were discriminating against people on the grounds of everything we just listed above all this it was such a problem that they had to enact this law what's interesting is that those types of discrimination should have never been occurring because technically if you are a citizen of the United States of America you have rights that are extended to you via the constitution of the United States so for anyone to think that they can just violate someone's rights is unbelievable it just surprises me and at times it shocks me and everything i want to point out is that credit unions are not these kind sweet little financial institutions that you think they are. If anything, it's been my experience that credit unions, they're they very much operate uh like a small mom and pop shop and there tends to be problems with nepotism. And that is a horrible way to show favoritism and it just really gets old. So for those that think, "Oh, it's only big banks that were violating the law or practicing discrimination." That's not the case. it was also credit unions. I've had to deal with credit unions in the past. And man, um they can be um unnecessarily critical and it's like they want to be a big bank, but because they're not a big bank, they get away with so many things that are just not right. That's my personal opinion, but that's what I've seen especially in the Bible Belt states. So it says the part of the law that defines its authority and scope is known as regulation B and that's B as in boy. Um it says that it I guess regulation B is a type of identifier in terms of how it is going to describe these things. So it says failure to comply with regulation B uh can subject a financial institution to civil liability for uh, actual and punitive damages and in individual or class action lawsuits. 
Um, liability for punitive damages can be as much as ten thousand dollars in individual, uh, excuse me, individual actions, and the lesser of five hundred thousand dollars or one percent of the creditor's net worth in class actions. And that's talking about lawsuits. If anything, I would think you could go way higher than that because if someone is going to discriminate against you like that, you need to go for the throat. You you really need to uh, make it very clear. Um, that they did something really bad and you make them pay financially. That money talks. That's just how it is. So, if you're going to sue someone, go big. That's what I say. Um, before the enactment of the law, lenders in the federal government frequently and explicitly discriminated against female loan applicants and held female applicants to different standards than male applicants. <laughs> That's not surprising. I laugh because. Um, we still have issues with that here in the Bible Belt states, and what's sad is that just because there are women working at a bank, that doesn't mean that they empower women, or that they believe in other women doing well. Women can be very horrible to each other, and they can be very competitive. I would rather deal with a male bank teller than a female bank teller because a female, who knows what kind of day they're having, and I think it's really sad that women. Totally disrespect each other sometimes, and they make it difficult for others to get ahead.、Um, there is a, a billboard that I saw that said, "Empowered women empower other women," meaning don't tear each other down, build each other up. That's what we're supposed to do, but that's not always what women do, and it's like a sorority house. It kind of reminds me of the the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I think most of those women, if they had real jobs or if they just worked in general, they would not have the time to to misbehave like that. So then again, they might just take their misbehavior to their job. Who knows?、Um, it says anyway. In regards to this article, it says a large coalition of women's and civil rights groups pressured the government to pass the ECOA and to prohibit such discrimination. So. It's it's really kind of one of those things like you, you can't just blame it all on men because there are some women that discriminate against other women and it still happens to this day. It gets really old. It gets really old.、Um, so it talks about the specifics here, but it says among other things, the ECOA states that it is illegal for creditors to number one discriminate based on race, sex, age, national origin, or marital status. Or because one receives public assistance. Number two, ask about marital status if a candidate is applying for separate unsecured credit. With one exception, one can be asked about marital status if one lives in a community property state. No matter what the state of residence is, joint credit, meaning credit shared by a married couple, or credit secured with property, is exempt from this. Number three, ask the candidate if they plan to have children. <laughs> I laugh because this happens all the time in Oklahoma. Oh, Bible Belt states! My goodness. Ask the candidate if they plan to have children or additional children, but creditors can ask about the number, ages, and financial obligations relating to all existing children. That's how they skirt the law.、They're、like, oh, do you have kids? Oh, my, mine are in grade school. How old are yours? So shady. It's so shady. They should never be talking about.、But、anyway, they, they they skirt the law, and it gets really old. Number four, disallow regular sources of income such as reliable veterans' benefits, welfare payments, 
social security payments, alimony, child support, etc. Nor may they refuse to consider or discount any income earned from a part-time job, pension, annuity, or retirement benefits program. So, that tells you a lot what women have had to go through for a really long time and it's really stupid. Now we're going to talk about some of the requirements here. It says the ECOA states that creditors must number 1 provide the applicant with a notification of action taken within 30 days of receiving a completed application unless certain exceptions apply. These notifications of action uh, taken are sometimes required to be in writing, while in other cases oral notification satisfies the regulations requirement and number 2 give the specific reason or reasons or let the candidate know how to get the reason or reasons why one is denied credit or granted credit in a different way from the terms under which they originally applied the same rule applies if a creditor closes the account refuses to increase a line of credit makes a negative change in the terms of the credit and doesn't make the same change for other consumers or refuses to give credit at the same or approximately the same terms as were offered when the credit was initially applied for. So what does that tell you? It means that there were people that were being discriminated against and because of who they are or their skin color or their their sex or their their age or whether or not they're going to have kids these other things were determining the terms of the agreement of a contract that's like saying you can't ever buy a four bedroom uh, a four bedroom two bath house unless you have four kids if you're single and don't have any kids then then you can't purchase more than one bedroom one bath apartment or home it's that stupid But that kind of stuff obviously was taking place, especially against women. And <laughs> it gets really old. Um, it's it's just really stupid. Um, it it just gets so old, especially in the Bible Belt states, because women go through so much more discrimination. And I'm not even a feminist. Like I I don't play the feminist card. I don't play the the oh I'm a woman I'm weak card because just because you're a woman does not mean that you are weak. women are strong in other arenas that you don't have to be um a gladiator to be tough because women go through a lot but what sucks is i know like for example whenever a woman goes shopping for a car good luck with that good luck finding a salesman that doesn't cheat them and here's the thing if you think that buying from a woman is going to make things better you better watch out you better watch out on that Um I have worked with women that work in the car industry and some of them are just as shady as men if not worse and here's the thing a lot of people think that women are more trustworthy than men because we are um you know we're not as strong as men we don't have as deep a voice and we're not as aggressive when it comes to sales here's the thing women my personal opinion are much more likely to be deceptive and, and to be liars but they they do it in a way that they give themselves permission to lie and they skirt the truth. I'm not saying men don't do that either, but you know, you shouldn't base your trust of someone on their gender. That just doesn't make sense. But you know, back in the day, loans 
and financial institutions as well as employers were deciding whether or not someone gets a loan or a job based on what sex they were born. That has always been a problem and will always be a problem as long as anyone operates in the mindset that discrimination isn't a crime and it isn't an issue when it is. And what I've learned from living in predominantly Bible Belt states, usually at will states, they tend to skirt the law a whole lot more because they're given permission to do so and I don't agree with that. Now I don't want at will states to become like California or New York where they manipulate the law and they make it seem like everything everything is about age, race, sex, marital status, all this stuff and it's not. Um because the last thing you want to do is hinder your economy or hinder your country and that is exactly what California and New York are doing and what they have been doing for a long time. Like now close with this, California and New York you know they were not founded as democrat states they were not founded with high taxation they became that way because people they for some stupid reason um i kind of feel like california and new york and other states like them for some reason they don't have a very positive opinion of the rest of the united states so then they try and just be this e- extreme area to live in their extreme thinking about things and they it's like they don't understand the private sector at all. And see so here's the thing. You know, the, these banks and these financial institutions if they're discriminating against women, they're missing out on on probably 50 to 51% of their market. So they're making 50 to 51% less money because they're discriminating against a large segment of the population based on gender. So if you actually want to be smart and make a lot of money, don't discriminate. <laughs> I mean, I would think that would be obvious. Um, but sometimes it's not. Like I can't tell you how many times I've had, I've had conversations with people that it's it's just their mindset is just so jaded and they don't see that they um that they practice one or multiple forms of discrimination because it's so ingrained and it's so indoctrinated into their brain and typically whenever something is indoctrinated or ingrained into their brain it's it's like that in their heart and in their soul and i guarantee you that very much disappoints god because you know we're not supposed to be hateful to people we're not supposed to be hateful to each other we're supposed to love each other that doesn't mean be a doormat to bad people but it does mean that we are supposed to be kind and genuine and sometimes that means being stern with people that means say hey you know it's not okay to treat me like that cuz there i think what a lot of people miss is that there are different types of kindness kindness is not a form of weakness if anything kindness is a is a is a characteristic or a trait of strength because if you can control your anger you are very strong. You know, I have told people this before, you know, just because I'm nice doesn't mean I like you. <laughs> And that may sound harsh, but it's true. You know, I choose to be nice to people. I choose to be considerate. There are many people that I can't stand, but I'm not going to lower my standards or degrade myself by behaving in a way that is that is not who I am or that does not reflect 
my best or God's best. And here's the thing. These lenders that were practicing discriminatory, um, uh, I guess, lack of loans, they were not operating in love. They were technically operating out of hate because there has been a hatred of women for a long time. And there, there are so many people that are like, no, it's not a hatred of women. It's just... You know, the gentry and, you know, how they treat women. I'm like, well, that's a form of hate. If you don't want what is best for someone else, that is a form of hate. Period. That's just how it is. Now, I will say this. Just because women were and sometimes still are discriminated against whenever getting bank loans and things like that, that doesn't mean that every woman should have or should get a bank loan. What it means is that a bank loan should have nothing to do with your race, religion, creed, your gender. You know, your credit could be in the tank and that's why you did not get a loan. What this is talking about is it's saying that hey, there was such a problem and so much discrimination taking place especially against women that um This had to be a part of federal law. Like, just think about how bad it must have been in order for this to have been written. First of all, thought of. Number two, written. Number three, signed into law. That says a lot. It tells me that this has been a problem and was a problem for a long time before anything was actually done at a federal level. And so what I like about this law, this act, is that it's at a federal level, meaning it trumps states' rights. I'm all for states' rights, but things like this, that some states, they don't want to honor or um, take seriously the federal government. And usually, from what I've seen, it's, it's at-will states that try and act like, you know, yes, we're part of the union, but we're just not going to do what you say to do. It's like, well, that's not being a part of a union. That's like being married and you still cheat on your spouse. Like, what's the point of being married if you're still going to sleep around? What's the point of taking those vows if you're going to cheat on your spouse? You know, what's the point of signing a, a marriage certificate if you don't ever plan on changing your name? Like, you know, there's just all these things that's like, why are you going through the motions if you're not really going to honor what you're doing and what you say you're going to do? See, what I love about acts like this is that, to me, it's a reminder to some very kind of hick states, and that's hick, H-I-C-K, um, that you need to say what you mean and mean what you say. Because I guarantee you, many of the people that violated um, this act before it became an act, um, I guarantee you they weren't saying Oh, well, we're not going to help you because you're a woman. Some of them might. If they're a sexist pig, they might. But they they use other other means of discriminating against someone so that way you, you won't really have a definitive cause. And the reason why they don't want you to have a definitive cause is because they want to make it very difficult for you to realize what's going on. And they want to make it as difficult as possible for you to sue them. This is what I'm talking about in regards to skirting the law. When someone skirts the law, they are intentionally breaking the law, but they're breaking it in such a way that they don't think they're going to they don't think they're going to get caught and they don't want to get caught and they don't care to change their ways. 
they don't care to do what's right. That's the problem with via, uh, excuse me, violators of this law. They skirt the law, but they're not um blatantly breaking the law. See, I think those people are are way worse when they just kind of slightly break a law because they they're showing you their true nature. They are showing you their they are showing you their true character, which means they don't really have any character uh, at all. They they basically don't have integrity. It's kind of like I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this. Well, it's kind of like if someone, you know, steals a peppermint. You know, one peppermint, you know, it, it may not be worth a million dollars, but it's not about the actual quantity or the value of that peppermint. It's about their morals and values and their ethics and the fact that they basically have none. If they're willing to steal something small, they eventually will be willing to steal something quite large. That's why people that skirt the law to me they are way more evil than someone who just blatantly breaks it because people that skirt the law they typically break and violate the law for a longer period of time it's just that they don't get caught or they do not get caught right away um an example of this would be the show american greed there have been many people and i love that show it's awesome um there have been many people on there that have broken the law but they broke the law just so subtly but over a long period of time that that's why they didn't get caught like it's it's one of those things where it's obvious when someone robs a bank that you know that's a tremendous crime like that's horrible but if someone's just stealing here and there they they're not going to get caught they they are breaking the law and sometimes skirting the law but it it's not on television it's it's not a major event My thing is that if I worked for, you know, a federal agency and I was trying to find these people, I would look for the people that skirt the law because those people usually end up making a whole lot of money or stealing a whole lot of money and they hide it in places that you would never look. That's the thing. And the reason why they're so successful is because no one thinks to look there. No one no one thinks to look at them because usually they're they look like sweet innocent people and they live in suburbia USA and to me that's where i would look cuz i've said this before you know most of the crime does not happen on wall street why because wall street is heavily and overly and intensely regulated so being that wall street is extremely regulated it's better to look pretty much every place else look in the places that no one thinks to look the small mom and pop shop the so-called sweet innocent little hometowns or something like that you know i was raised in a small town and there was so much corruption it just drove me nuts it was it was so frustrating cuz i was like wow if this kind of stuff happened in the city it would be on the news <laughs> you know but because i kind of feel like because sometimes things happen in a small town it doesn't get noticed why because it's in a small town and no one thinks to look there so needs to say if you want to look for violators of any law you need to look outside of the big city because that's where most of the crimes that are not going to be noticed are taking place my personal opinion but that's just what i noticed growing up in a small town
But I will go ahead and end it there for this lovely episode. But as usual, until next time, I pray that you are happy, healthy, and whole. That you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye bye. Thank you.